0: Hey everyone, my name is Joe. Maybe if you didn't lean over to insult me,
1: you would have seen it coming. Hey guys, it's Eric. Fish in a barrel, my friend. Towns the fish, people are the barrel. Fish in a barrel. They're salesmen. We don't take no for an answer. No. Okie dokie. Blazing a trail across America. Can't He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? He's a mover. I can't stop! Get out. You validate He's a shaker. Paramount Pictures presents Chris Farley, David Spade, (laughs) Tommy Boy, rated PG-13. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental store store clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time. See if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's up, Joe? How you doing?
0: What's up, Eric? Not too bad. Not too bad.
1: One I know it's up. only. I was gonna say it's only been a couple days this time. I'm like the two or three week break. We're gonna try to get some more, um, more things recorded while we have this. Make one positive out of this horrible situation that's yes. going on. And um, today's one of the one of the ones I was looking forward to the most. Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: It's funny. I was gonna say we always like kind of we've been starting off talking about like, you know what we've done the past week or the you know last time we, we've uh, had a podcast. And we only had one. We've we've been talking in like what two days now, three days. So it's like, not a whole lot has happened in those three days. So, yeah, it's
1: like what you do today.
0: Well, today I uh, actually it's it really nice. So I went for a little jog this morning.
1: Holy jog. Lord, who are you?
0: I know, right? I was like, I'm. I've been cooped up in this house for a little while now. So that little bit of sunshine and a little bit of mm-hmm. exercise really made me feel a whole lot better. So
1: it's it's a real thing man i mean i know you call me a meathead and stuff but it does feel oh, yeah. good to <laughs> i went to um today brie and i went for a super long walk or a pretty long walk walk with the dogs in the morning and then we went for a walk without the dogs and then i went to um shout out to craft beer cellar in Amesbury mass because i'm trying to limit my you know, like anyone else, I'm trying to limit my trips out. So I was like, Brie and I just, you you look for a reason just to get out of the house. So I was like, you want to go to the place in Amesbury with me and I'll buy some beer. So I have my, my beer uh, fridge is well stocked, especially where I'm drinking like on average two beers a week. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it was good. It was nice. And that, that place really is great. The kid that runs it, I wish I knew his name, but he's super friendly, super helpful. And just nice to get out of the house so yeah meanwhile what,
0: i this is like my first thing in the house in a while the most exciting i've had in the past like three weeks is getting the mail so going for that run was a huge huge highlight so far so
1: yeah and we'll we'll talk about the back of the dvd case and what we're watching in a second but um what i'm drinking and I, i'm only bringing this up to make fun of joe because joe's drinking drinking wine we're watching a we're, classy
0: film today so i thought i would make it classy so so
1: when Once we're back recording in the same room, ladies and gentlemen, I will make sure that Joe is drinking some decent beers or at least relevant beers, not, you know, the crap he's been drinking recently, but um, I'm drinking. I, but I have to, I would, I would normally do more work and put more research into the beer that I'm drinking, but because I can't really be jumping from like store to store trying to find a beer that matches it perfectly. I'm kind of, I'm kind of limited, but today I'm drinking uh, a Buddy Movie. It's a sour IPA from Springdale and Stoneface Brewing Co. And it's, it's good. And the key, though, the thing that is very important that almost ruined it for me was I just picked it up because I was like, you know, it's, a, it's a, this is a Buddy Movie. We're doing Tommy Boy, by the way, in case you didn't pick up from the quotes, but. We're we're doing Tommy Boy and Tommy Boy's kind of a buddy movie, so I was like that that'll do. And but I because I like IPAs and it says something about citrus and stuff. But right before I started drinking it, I saw that it was a sour IPA, which I like. But if you're not expecting it, it would be not as pleasant. But it's 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 good. I like it.
0: Is it actually like, is it sour? Like is it does it, have, yeah. it does it okay? Like
1: yeah, it's sour. It's, it's not like the most sour beer I've ever had, but it, it's just got a little sting on the end of it in a good way
0: okay that's interesting i don't think i've ever had a sour ipa before
1: i've never had a sour ipa i've had well i I don't think i have but i've had um one of my good friends is uh really into sour beers and so he's given me a few of those and um i like them they're actually especially in the summer when it's hot and stuff it's kind of refreshing so but anyway today we'll be discussing like i said tommy boy so um chris farley david spade you want to give us the back of the DVD case?
0: Absolutely.
1: Party animal Tommy Callahan, put by Chris Farley,
0: is definitely a few cans short of a six-pack. But after seven years, Tommy's finally earned his diploma and a cushy job at Callahan Auto Parts. Well, my daughter started barking. So.
1: It's okay. It's Joe's dogs. Joe's <laughs> dogs are barking. My dogs are probably doing a minute. This is, These are challenging times, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> I might just add this whole part
1: out. So. No, no, no. Okay. No,
0: who cares? All right. So returning home, Tommy gets some more great news. His dad, Brian Dennehy, who just recently passed, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Is marrying a real 10, played by Bill Derrick. And Tommy will get the step brother, played by Rob Lowe. He always wanted. Awesome. But as fast as you can say who killed the keg, the family business starts, ta- uh, starts tanking. Now Tommy's got to hit the road with his dad's high uh, right-hand man, a smug numbers cruncher, played by David Spade.
1: So... It's uh, you, you, this
0: was this was also, which is interesting too. This was like during the high times of SNL, like 90s, like you know, you had Sandler, Spade, Chris Farley, right? Probably, in my opinion, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of SNL in the past, the 80s, remember, like this is probably in my opinion, the golden years of SNL, yes. Um, but this was also a lord Michaels production, which is right,
1: right? And out. there's there's a lot of whenever you whenever you um, whenever people talk about you know, what are some of the best. SNL movies. People don't want to include this one because obviously, like Tommy Boy, Tom Callahan's not an SNL character. But to me, this is an SNL movie. It's Spade and uh, and Farley, and it's it's run by Lauren Michaels. It's right. an SNL movie. I don't I don't Def- care what. Uh, definitely. SNL. So how so, did it, it was how did it do? Well, it came out in '95.
0: It came out yet right. It came out on uh, March thirty first, '95. Again, so the last few movies we've done have been out come out '95. It was a pretty solid year. Clearly, it had a budget of uh, twenty million and made thirty-two point seven million in the box office. So not a huge earning, but again, you look at it now, it's, it has this huge cult following. So again, for in case you haven't listened the last few episodes, films that came out in ninety-five, starting with the highest grossing was Die Hard with a Vengeance, Toy Story, Apollo Thirteen, uh, Golden Eye, Pocahontas, Batman Forever, Seven, Casper. Waterworld, and Jumanji. It's a good year. And a, a really goofy movie. <laughs> solid, solid film, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> also, I got to throw out there for uh, important stats. Both Derek was in a for a Razzie for this film, for Worst Actress.
1: I was telling Joe before we started recording that it's funny because when I was a kid and I watched this, in my mind, Bo Derek was like this really hot, but really old. Not really. Not that's not a bad. Not really old, but she was. She would be like, uh, like a hot woman in her like late fifties. That's how I thought of her. And then when you look into it, she was thirty-nine in it. So she would. I mean, maybe it's because I'm thirty-five now, but thirty-nine is not that old. But
0: a lot of people don't. Well, it's kind of like the forgotten film between the two of them, Black Sheep, which I'm sure you've seen. Oh, but God, it's yeah. it's kind of like. It's kind of like the forgotten element of the 90s, like that era with these two. It didn't get as well reviewed. and didn't, Black Sheep didn't? Black Sheep, yeah.
1: We'll do but, Black Sheep eventually.
0: Yeah, that was another fun film. These two are just so awesome together. Yeah.
1: Uh, this, I mean, this movie came out when I was 10. So sense of humor-wise, this is right in my wheelhouse. It was, you know, I loved Chris Farley. I loved David Spade. And actually, I should say, I loved Chris Farley. I liked David Spade, but Chris Farley and David Spade together are—I mean, for us, there are there are other comedy duos, you know, historically that that you could compare them to or whatever. But I, th- their chemistry is oh, it's so good. some of the best, yeah. And
0: like, this is my favorite version of David Spade as well in this movie
1: well and they 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 work so well together because david spade like he's like the back of the dvd dvd says he plays this smug like i'm smarter than you whatever but then chris farley's willingness to be the butt of the joke and to be the stupid you know jock and and whatever
0: (laughs) it's perfect and he has all friends and meanwhile spade has no friends
1: Right, right, yeah. Chris Farley's the guy that everyone loves, but he's kind of a dope. And then David Spade's the total opposite. He's, you know, book smart, but he doesn't. His social skills aren't, aren't the best. And sometimes this sounds, this sounds talking about Chris Farley. Um, this sounds bad, but sometimes when people die young, I think they they get kind of put up on a pedestal because you're a because they died at a young age. So I don't mean that in a bad way, and I'm not going to name names of who I think, you know, weren't really that good, but they're thought of as legends because they, they died so young. But it's so sad when you watch a movie like this, and, or, or Black Sheep, or any other, anything else with Chris Farley in it, and you see he really was once in a generation. And then when you hear his other SNL cast members talk about him, and, you know, you see, I don't know if you've seen that song that Adam Sandler has about him on his Netflix special. It's kind of gone around social media, but it's so clear that they all thought he was the funniest person in the world. But beyond that, they thought he was just the best person.
0: Right. And then you hear about all the how SNL, how cutthroat it is. Like you you hear about like Peter coming out all the time and talking about how like it looks great on screen together right now, but everyone just looks off themselves. Whereas the nineties, they were all actual friends. They all, you know, they all remain friends. They're all in each other exactly. still. So it's like, it's funny how the chemistry of the nineties versus the chemistry of the group now and now. So it's like how different it is.
1: You know who Bri Brianna, my wife and I were watching the other day. Um, so Conan O'Brien had on, <laughs> if you, if you don't listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast, I highly it's, recommend it. It's so and, good. And he had, um, he had Kevin Nealon on this Friday. I mean, this past Monday, I think. And I, I think I, I couldn't even listen to the episode. I was laughing so hard the entire time. Kevin Nealon is one of the most underrated, hilarious people. I've, you know, I, I think of him as funny. And if you listen to him in this interview, it's, it's perfect. Cause it's clear that he's not, he's not reading a script. So it's not just like he can deliver pre-written lines. He's so funny. My wife and I were both cracking up. Him and Conan going back and forth, quite, quite the. Chem- and Conan, a writer for SNL, in the I. Right. And he talks about too. He has a really funny story that I'm not gonna tell because I don't know it that well, and I'll butcher it. But he talks about his first time meeting. I think I think it was when he had Adam Sandler on his podcast. He tells a story of the first time he met Chris Farley, and he says the same thing. You know, as funny as Chris Farley was in. You know, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep and on SNL, he was funnier just in person. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bittersweet thing because it, this movie is. I mean, spoiler alert! I love this movie, and you can appreciate it, but it does make you wish you had more of Chris Definitely. Farley. Yeah. So that I, I guess that's kind of my first memory. That's how I'll sum up my first memory of the movie. It came out in, when I was around ten years old, right in my wheelhouse. I worshipped chris farley i had the vhs i bought the dvd i have i've had a couple copies of the, a couple versions of the dvd it's i quote this movie more than any movie i quote this movie every day i work with this lady shannon and i she has she's i think of this is more of a boy's movie but she's has three four sons so she's very much she can hang when it comes to Referencing this movie. So I quote it every day with her. It's great. So oh, yeah, what's yeah. your first?
0: movie? That's my memory as well Is the all the one-liners the holy schnike and Destiny mark and yep. Yikes and like all these lines like I still use on occasion every once in a while. You'll, you'll hear me as well using Like I I use yikes all the time <laughs> um, yeah. it's the one-liners stuck with me all these years and the soundtrack has also stuck with me the soundtrack in this movie is we'll get to that later on but i love it and it's always stuck with me i have like i have been, i have the cd version of it and everything i listen all the time growing up so
1: and this is also a movie and there aren't many movies like this but this is a movie where if i ever met someone and they were like "I oh, you know i don't really think it's that funny get out of my life i don't want <laughs> <It's> to <laughs> i don't want to know you during, during the old like
0: Illegally downloaded it was like Napster and Kazan, or it was a like Kazaa or Kazan, I don't know what the hell it was called. Lime uh, Wire. Call. I know, but I was I was a little I was a little rebel, all right, back then, and I downloaded all the one-liners from this movie. So it, I, I I actually put them on like a CD, and I would listen to the La 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 Luke, like all these different clips, just like as a just as on a disc. It was, I don't know, man. <laughs> this movie has some good lo- some good one-liners so
1: it does and it has yeah we'll, we'll get into it but it, it has all the one-liners that everyone knows and then you know watching it today for the millionth time you forget about these little like things that are just so funny that you don't even they're not on the trailer they're not in the yeah. you know it, the whole movie is funny but, both
0: of our quotes in the beginning i thought were like these lesser known quotes but they both made me laugh during this viewing
1: right right so all right, so uh, I think we'll both spoil that we both enjoy this movie. We'll get into the ratings <laughs> later, but we'll get into the, the plot summary. So after seven years of college, Thomas R. Tommy Callahan III, played by Chris Farley. Right from the
0: start, I love how, again, the 90s, you have Billy Madison and Chris and like, in this movie, all these like late graduates, like Billy, Ma- Billy Madison never graduated. He goes through all of school again. Yep. You, get, you see Chris Farley seven years into college, still working on that degree. It's like, I love like the theme of like losers in the 90s.
1: A lot of people go to school of college for seven years. <laughs> yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tommy uh, barely graduates from Marquette University and returns to his hometown of Sandusky, Ohio. His father, industrialist and widower, Thomas R. Big Tom Callahan, played by Brian Denny, again, rest in peace, gives him an executive job at the family's auto part plant, Callahan Auto. In addition to the new job in office, Big Tom reveals that he has plans to marry Beverly Barish Burns, played by yes. Bo Derek. Yes, and
0: right at this scene, when he's introducing... Um, Tommy to his future wife when Brian Dennehy smiles it just hit me that it was the perfect casting for Chris Farley's father oh his big his big smile like he already was a for them but that big grin with next uh, to Chris Farley was so good I was like man like the casting for his father was spot on
1: and it's great too because you know Brian Dennehy not that not that this isn't a great movie but it's one of those things where you're kind of like, why did you do this movie? (laughs) You know, but it's so, it's so good that he did because Brian Denny, you know, he was in some, he was in some huge movies in his, in his um, career before this. So it's kind of like, how did he end up in this one movie that he was in that uh, me and my good friend, Adam love. And I think we're the only two people he was in this movie. If I had to guess the era, I would say like 1991 or 1990 called gladiator. And it's a, it's a boxing movie and it's, it's the perfect, so bad, it's good 90s movie. And he's in that and it's, it's, it's great, but. Is he a boxer out of curiosity? He's, he's, um he was, he's kind of like bringing up this young kid and whatever, but, but Brian Denny in real life was like Captain America. He was. He was in the Marines or something. I, I don't. I don't want to get the branch wrong or whatever. But he was in the armed forces. He he played college football, I think. Like he yeah. He he. You're right. He's the perfect perfect guy to be cast as as Chris Farley's dad. So, Big Tom reveals that he plans to marry Bo Derek or Beverly, played by Bo Derrick, a woman he had met at a, at a like a fat camp, and that her son Paul, played by Rob Lowe, from. Uh, Young Blood podcast a movie we'll cover on the podcast eventually someday.
0: No Parks Recreation shout out. His best no, role ever. Okay.
1: No, no. Young Blood's better. So, we will become Tommy's new stepbrother. However, Big Tom dies from a sudden heart heart attack during the wedding reception. That was a quick turn in the in the plot summary. After the funeral, doubting that the future of the company without Big Tom, the bank renegs on promises of a loan for a new brake pad division, and seeks immediate payment of Callahan's auto Callahan Auto's debts. Tommy suggests a deal. He will let the bank f- uh, hold his few inherited shares in house in exchange for the bank giving time to sell enough brake pads to prove the new division's viability.
0: Right. And the whole thing during this whole uh, conference is once they sell, because she has got married to him, she would get a large portion of that money. Right. So. Right. It fell it was perfectly unplanned for her.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And Roblo kind of says that well, so you know, it comes out and I'm sure it's gonna be in this plot summary, but Roblo and Bo Derek aren't actually mother and son. They're they're a married couple and this is like their scam and and Roblo says later on, he's like, this is be- the best. I thought we were going to have to wait around for a year or two before he kicked the bucket or something. And he just dies on the wedding day. This is great. So, but anyway, if enough brake pads are sold by the deadline, the bank will grant the loan. Tommy sets out on a cross-country sales, tip, sales trip with his father's sycophantic assistant, Richard Hazen, played by David Spade. They
0: knew each other from the early on. The movie starts off with... Chris probably running to catch the bus, and then Richard. Great opening. It's a great opening, and Richard rides by him on the bike. You're always late, Tommy.
1: Right. Yeah. No. It's, and that's. I'll get into that later, but that's one of the things I love about this movie is the small town element uh, of it. But so he sets out with Richard, a childhood acquaintance who is who is annoyed over Tommy's ability to be lazy and yet be rewarded. I love. That's another line that I loved is when uh when uh Big Tom gives Tommy his, his office and he goes. Oh, he has a window, and why shouldn't he? He's been here 10 minutes. (laughs) I know. A little nepotism, but meanwhile, Beverly and Paul are shown kissing romantically. They are not mother and son, but rather married con artists with criminal records. Instead of eventually suing for divorce and taking half of Big Tom's estate, also that was their plan, Beverly has inherited controlling interest in the company to turn that into cash. She seeks a quick sale to self-described auto parts king, Ray Zielinski, played by Dan Aykroyd another SNL uh, I love. It. On the road, Tommy's social anxiety and hyperactivity alienate several potential buyers. The lack of any progress leads to tension between Tommy and Richard. When all seems lost, Tommy persuades a surly waitress to serve him after the kitchen is closed, and Rich suggests that he uses he use his skill at reading people to make sales.
0: And right before this whole scene, if we talk about the whole sequence where they're fighting, all right? right before... Oh. They're fighting and Richard picks up a board. He's letting him, he's, Tommy's letting him give free punches. So what does Richard do? He picks up a board and he smacks him across the face with it as if the free punches weren't enough for him.
1: That scene is so funny for so many reasons. So when he walks over to the car, he's like, and, and David Spade goes, the rhino's getting too close to the car, daddy, or something like that. And then I'm always, and it's a movie. It's clearly a, it's a movie, but the to have the confidence. David Spade in this movie probably weighed 137 pounds, and Chris Farley is a is a big boy, and Chris Farley's athletic. Like he's not just a big fat guy. He's athletic. He would have beat David Spade within an inch of his life. But yeah, that that scene's so so good. So, um, and. I told Joe I would bring this up on the podcast. I love the sales aspect of it because back in Joe and I's movie rental store days, every holiday season we would have uh, a sales contest for what we called the bundle packs. And what the bundle pack was, is it was a it, it was a thing of popcorn, and it came with some coupons in it, a five dollar gift certificate, and it, we had a contest every year who could sell the most, like Company wide and I killed it. And, and, and I did not. I was the worst salesman. Joe and <laughs> Joe and my assistant manager and our friend Katie were I'm, – I'm a super competitive person. And it used to drive me up the wall because the thing about the bundle pack was – I'm going into my sales pitch again. But if someone, <laughs> was, if someone was renting like two new movies or two video games or especially – to the video store that Joe and I worked at, rented adult adult films, and if someone was renting two of any of those things, it you'd be stupid to not buy the bundle pack because you could use one of the coupons right at that time.
0: Right, it really was a good deal. It's just once the person said no, I would just be like, okay, yep, yeah, All right. I, I was like, I was like, tell me, tell me in the beginning there. Yeah. First, <laughs> yeah. no. We don't like, take all, no right, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> I, I, this, I'm not even joking. So I went from that job a couple different sales jobs and then now i'm in, in marketing where i work but i started in sales there and i honestly give that whole thing that like fired up my competitive sales nature because when you put something on the board and you're like whoever sells the most wins i'm like i'm all over it so
0: i'll oh, see it's so funny too like
1: after a movie scene it's closed rest in peace so i don't like it matters and no one listens to this anyway so, so
0: after after the movie scene i worked at best buy for five years so between movie scene and Best Buy, I, for whatever reason, had two sales jobs, and I was awful at both of them. Thankfully, I work in the school system now, but it took a yeah. while I got there.
1: <laughs> not meant for sales. So. Not meant for sales. So the two, so Tommy kind of talking to this waitress, he finds his groove, and he's, he's, again, the opposite of David Spade. He may not know all the details. He's not the smartest guy, but he's just great with people. He walks into a room. And as long as he's relaxing being himself, people love him. So the two start to become friends and quickly make their sales goal. However, Paul sabotaged, so Roblo sabotages the company's computers, causing sales posted by sales manager Michelle Brock, Julie Warner, to, uh, Chris Farley, Tommy's kind of romantic interest, to be lost or rerouted. With half of the sales now canceled, the bank, backed by Beverly and Paul, decides to sell Callahan Auto to Zelinsky. so Dan Aykroyd hoping that they can persuade Zelensky to reconsider. Uh, or, or sorry, period. Hoping that they can, re- they can persuade Zelensky to reconsider, Tommy and Richard travel to Chicago boarding a plane posing as flight attendants. In Chicago, they get a brief meeting with Zelensky, but he tells them he wants only their reputation connected to the Callahan brand and will close down the company and lay his workers.
0: Yeah, and I think so, there are three hundred workers right now on the brink of losing their jobs. Right, right.
1: So Tommy and, and Richard, oh, go ahead
0: i was gonna say and again you have like going not not going too far back but in the beginning it's funny you see the workers have no faith in tommy's character because you know he's kind of like this big goof but then in the end tommy is literally the only person carrying this carrying all their jobs right now on their on their shoulders
1: right yeah no it's it's uh tommy and richard are denied entrance to Zelensky's boardroom uh since Tommy has no standing after briefly wallowing on the curb in self pity, which that is another scene. That's so good where he's like, um, he's like, Oh, you know, the plant's going to close down. Michelle doesn't like me, whatever. He's, he's just like, you know, f- feeling self pity. And then the, the bench breaks and he's like, could have done without that.
0: And it's only his son that breaks yeah. too. So David's still sitting down comfortably.
1: <laughs> right. So after, after briefly wallowing on the curb in self pity, Michelle arrives with Paul in Beverly's police records. So she, she figured it out. Tommy devises a plan, dressed as a suicide bomber. This is uh, clearly made before a certain thing. Uh, by using road flares, he attracts the attention of a live television news crew. And then, uh, and the news crew's there because of the first time he went into the, the place and caused the scene. And then, along with Michelle and Richard, forces his way back into the boardroom. <clears throat> back in Sandusky, Callahan workers watch the drama on television. In a final move of pure persuasion, Tommy quotes Zelensky's own advertising slogan that he is on the side of the American working man. As the TV audience watches, Zelensky signs Tommy's purchase order for five, 500,000 rake beds, although Zelensky says there is a purchase order, that the purchase order is meaningless, as he will soon own Calhoun Auto. Michelle shows her police records, which includes Paul's warrants for fraud, and since Beverly is still married to Paul, her marriage to Big Tom uh, was bigamous and is therefore not legal. Thus, all of Big Tom's controlling shares are handed back to Tommy, the rightful heir. Since Tommy does not want to sell the shares, the deal with Zelensky is off, and Tommy still holds, still holds Zelensky's PO, purchase order. Uh, the company is saved. Paul attempts to escape and is arrested. Zelensky admits that Tommy outplayed him and invites Beverly to dinner. The film ends when Tommy starts his romance with Michelle, where Tommy started his romance with Michelle and is appointed the president of Callahan Auto. So um this movie an hour and a half I watched it today I I I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie seriously I you could tell me I've seen this movie 50 times 100 times I don't even know and I was into it the whole time I love it so you want to start with good news or bad news
0: Let's uh let's start with the uh, good cuz this this movie's really good so
1: <laughs> All <laughs> right so who's good yeah favorite cast member go ahead
0: all right so this is like one of those exceptions where i have to pick both of them spade and chris farley together i know it's kind of like cheating but without yeah it's fine without one of the other it's the movie wouldn't have worked they are a perfect match for each other you have you know the sane smart spade and the confident and goofy uh farley and the way they bounce off each other the entire film is just so good but I do have to give a shout out to uh, Rob Lowe, who actually went uncredited in this film, which is interesting because he has such a yep. big role in the film. So he actually went uncredited because he was contracted to Stephen King's, um, oh, I think it was The Stand, maybe. Okay. And so this was a favor he did for his friend Chris Farley.
1: That's awesome. Which is pretty That's cool, awesome. yeah. So
0: he, he, went, he did this uncredited as a favor. But he and- was also a really fun character in the movie too, like his, <laughs> his like bad boy look.
1: Well, yeah, and, and Rob Lowe's like that guy that yes. that that you you see him and you hate him because he's like, you know, now Rob is probably fifty something years old. He looks like he's twenty four. He's you know he he's got everything going for him, or whatever. So he's the, and he plays that part so well. He 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 really just he plays that role so well. So yeah, um, my favorite cast member, and I totally agree with everything you said about the chemistry uh, between the two it's a out but (laughs) no 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 it's 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 legit but my favorite cast member is is tommy and again and that's like the least surprising thing ever but just to follow up on the five minutes of us talking about how much we love chris farley the thing that makes him better than anyone and when we rate this movie we're going to be comparing it to you know other movies from that snl era era so we're going to be comparing him to adam sandler and and then some non-snl guys like like uh, jim carrey though all those mid-90s um comedy powerhouses and i think what makes chris farley stand out above all above all of them is as funny as he is he's so lovable and he's so relatable and and he seems like that he seems like you could know him and and that's how he is in this movie too so I know this this is I think this is actually more of a cop vault than you picking two people to pick Chris Farley in this movie cuz you should find I should it should be on me to find some like role player and I do love Michelle too. But, I I was just
0: going to say actually, I I like growing up I had a huge crush on Michelle. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: No, yeah, she's my uh, she movie was, crush. Yeah, perfectly cast like but but Chris Farley this is just the best in the game at his peak. You know what I mean? It's so other than a cast member what is your favorite thing about the movie again like david newman did
0: the soundtrack but did the score for the, did the score for the movie i'm sorry did the score for the movie but the music was again so charming and it, it was it was a fun like it the movie's an adventure from start to finish and the music accompanies it really well the score of it more yeah, than
1: no, anything I, I else. Agree. one my um my favorite besides all the funny song stuff I was gonna bring this up when talked about the soundtrack. That's my
0: favorite. Right? That's my favorite scene. What's that? No, I was gonna bring. That's my favorite scene. Where you are gonna mention us now. So.
1: Oh no, no, I don't. I think I'm not gonna. You're talking about the car stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no.
1: no. So uh, one thing that was, I, I think really seriously well done, is right after his father passed away. There's a scene where Tommy goes and sits on the docks, and in the background, Amazing Grace is playing, and it's um with like bagpipes and and all that stuff, and it's, you know, this is a funny movie. But and that, that's you know ninety percent of it. But there is a really nice father son. How do I live? How do I you know live up to my father and 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 you know carry you think, the family you think, legacy? You, you think more so than Goofy movie? I think <laughs> I think this movie. I don't even I don't even like that you mentioned these two movies in the same set. As I'll leave it at hey, that.
0: Those, they're, so, both, they're both are both uh, a nice father son no you know, bonding out. anyway so no so I, my do. Fi- I, I was gonna say I do agree with what you just said though about this movie has a lot of heart like again it's a comedy almost throughout the entire film but when it shows that it has heart it really portrays that and like I, that's why I think I love this movie so much and why it's aged so well with me is it's not like a dumb comedy from start to finish you know it's, yeah. it has this really nice touching moments throughout
1: right my, my favorite thing other than a cast member it kind of ties into that and that's the the underlying story of a family owned business, like, and the fact that it's, it's the heart and soul of an entire town. And this is something that, you know, we're like going through in real life now. Like you have all these businesses in America that in small towns that employ an entire city or town, and then someone will come in and buy it up. And then it changes the lives of hundreds or thousands of people. So, and without i work for a company that's family owned and we have a couple locations that it reminded me a lot of my work and it's family owned and we have a couple locations that employ a lot of people in some smaller communities so it's it was very i viewed it differently this time um than i had the first few times because i've been with the company i'm with now for six years i don't know the last time i saw tommy boy was but it's just a very cool story and and um it aged very well because it's it's still relevant. It's still very relevant. So definitely. That was my thing. So bad news. Least favorite uh, cast member.
0: Least favorite cast member is probably with all worrying about the Razzie is probably Bill Derek's character. First of all, like she's she somehow gets away from it all in the end. Which mm-hmm. still throws me I, I still can't believe that. But she just her time on screen doesn't really make much of a difference, I feel like. It doesn't mm-hmm. really push anything. Rob Lowe's character pushes all the buttons. Where it, you know puts the direction like where the film needs to go she's just kind of like i don't even know what her role was she just kind of just to like, get married to the other to uh uh tommy's down the beginning as for at least favorite thing now i always watch this movie when i was on tv like maybe like, like a quarter of the way through so i always like miss like the first you know 20 or so minutes and i forgot how much i love the opening where they're both kids uh-huh. and i kind of wish we had more of that
1: because yeah, it's kind of okay.
0: cool it's kind of cool like we don't know how, we, how we, they, don't, they go to school together, which we don't, we got that much figured out, but we don't know how much they actually can put up with each other because Tommy wasn't aggressive with him, at the, obviously, but they had that banter still. And I kind of wish we saw that part blossom a little bit more. And I wish we kind of saw how Richard got the job with his father because Richard was obviously the same age as Tommy. Oh, yep. And you would think like, obviously he went to college. he went to college for the business side of things, but it'd be kind of cool seeing how Maybe if he started off, like, you know, why he was going to school for that and why Richard didn't and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm kind of rambling on here, but I, I
0: I do wish we kind of had more background to why Richard was working there with his, with Tommy's father and if they got along beginning to begin with.
1: I like the line where, um, uh, when they're driving back from the airport and, uh, Richard goes, so I don't know Tommy goes. So what's up with the old gang from high school? And Richard's like, I don't know, Tommy. I never really liked the old gang from high school. So it's clearly like, to, like Tommy's, he's just he's a lovable oaf, and everyone loves him, and he kind of loves everyone. And then Richard's the total opposite. So yeah, my my least favorite cast member, other than, uh, or my least favorite cast member, is actually Dan Aykroyd. And I'm gonna tie that into something other than a cast member, you'd change if possible. But I want to be clear that I wouldn't change a thing about this movie because I love every second of it and I don't want to rock the boat in any way. But if you forced me to, if you said that you had to change something, I could deal without the the Zelinsky-Dan Aykroyd story. If you just replace that with more time of Tommy working his way up as a salesman and, and thus more uh, Chris Farley-David Spade time, I wouldn't mind that. But like I said, I, 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 I love this movie. So I, no,
0: I, I do agree with that as well. For sure. It's not, it slows down a little bit, not too much to the point where I like, you know, it would make me ever like, you know, dread that scene, but it does slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's just a weird turn. So, but again, it's, I love this movie. So what's your favorite scene?
0: Okay. My favorite scene is the transition from when Richard is pretending to be the um, housekeeping. That whole sequence, <laughs> I love that scene. But then right after that, it goes to them in the car driving off, singing to all those great songs. Yeah. And come on, I lean is my one of my favorite songs of all time, and I love how when they sing, um, "It's the end of the world," and they don't the lyrics. The problem they're speaking fast, "I'm speaking fast," and like that is me. I don't know. That's what, that's what like, everyone part does, part <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Who knows those lyrics? Right. So like, I love between the hotel scene and then going right to that, that whole like branch of scenes is just my favorite part of the movie.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good pick. So it's kind of same for me. There's, there's too many to list, whether it's the singing of the car, uh, the fight in front of the prehistoric forest or whatever it's called. Um, I think if I had to pick one, it would, I, I love the diner scene where Tommy gets his swagger. And I love his interaction with, with the waitress when he's like, He's like, he's so nice to her. And, and when he goes... You look like a Helen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's what he's talking, and then when he's talking to Richard too, and he's like, my face hurts. Not here or here, but right here. And that's when you see the giant black and blue streak uh, down his face. Um, that That's probably mine, but you could... Th- there's 20 scenes in this movie that are, are on just like 10 out of 10. So... You know, pick which one you like best. But um, we've kind of talked about it a little bit as we're talking. about soundtrack, like it, hate it, indifferent. Uh, I
0: I love it. I, I like Me I did, You just mentioned the score is awesome. To like a new score to the fun like upbeat little instrumental parts when they're in the car or the boat. Um, and then the license music is all. S- have these songs? I feel like got popular because of this film. Like I knew Come On A Lean because. My aunt's name is Eileen, so they always play this song at parties. But a lot of these songs, I feel like, got famous because of how popular this movie got.
1: Yeah, no, and a lot of them at least reached a different generation because of definitely, yep, absolutely. It, yeah, no, it, and 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 the soundtrack and the music and the film is is something that no one talks about and you kind of forget about, and then you watch it and and uh, like the song at the wedding before he dies where they're playing um Ain't too proud to beg or uh when he when they are singing What I say by Ray Charles and they and that's when big big Tom has the heart attack or whatever it was. Um so no yeah it, it's you for, you forget some movies you remember how good the songs are in it, but you forget it watch this movie. Then you go back and watch it you're like, man.
0: Oh yeah. It's the score like and again like obviously the, the license music's really good but the score like The guy did Derrick Newman did like films like Matilda. He did um, uh, Jingle All the Way. All these fun films and the score really reflects the movie. So that's like he, that's his, that's his thing for sure.
1: Right. Right. So all that said, we talk about the rating scale. Go ahead.
0: You want to review it first? Since you like like this movie a lot more than I do. I love this movie, but I think you like it more than I do. So
1: you want to. Okay. So. We do, we rate our our movies on a scale of one to five on whether or not you'd be you'd be willing to pay a late fee for it. So, a uh, score of one is you watch the movie, you get twenty minutes into it, you return it, uh, and you the same night you don't want to pay a late fee on it. you you almost maybe even ask for your money back. A five is you don't mind paying a few days of late fees, maybe even buying the movie straight out from the video store. So, you want me to go first? I have number my number written down right here, but yeah, you go first. Okay, so um we i always we always like to stress that when we're rating movies we're rating them for what they are so we don't compare tommy boy to serious dramas or like historical epic movies or we rate it for what it is it, it's a comedy and i think as a comedy this movie is pretty much perfect like as a stupid movie as a stupid comedy i still quote this movie every day like i said earlier it's not an exaggeration. I watched it today. Enjoy the entire thing. I think for this era of mid '90s comedies, this is a gold standard. Spade uh, and Farley at their best. And we're this is, we're gonna have to when we're doing the, the other '80s, I mean uh, '90s movies, we'll have to test this. But uh, for me, for a '90s stupid comedy, this is this is a, pretty much a perfect movie. It's a five.
0: Awesome. So yeah, I I love it. I think this movie is without a doubt worth a late fee. I'm pretty sure I rented it in the past and kept it late a few times. Um, it's this the reason why it's gotten numerous releases, you know, DVD multiple times, Blu-ray multiple times. It is a classic film. And I think, I don't think it's a five, but I think it's a four. And it's a really, really, again, That's fair. it's a really good movie um i just think about like like you said you kind of nailed it on the head with the other nice films i think about the other nice films i love as well and comparing <laughs> this to some of those of uh, the other like dumb comedies from that from that time uh, period is it's gonna be really tough so, like i have to remember what i gave this movie
1: i yeah we i i thought of that too and because i've watched a couple of them recently um and watching this movie today i i I was like, I have to get, I thought about, I know we said we could do, um, like quarter points, like, f- you know, four. points. Right. And I,
0: I did, I did like, I think once for bad boys, but like, I want to try
1: to avoid that if I can. Me, I too. Score, Me too. But- <laughs> Me too. So, so that's why I, I, I gave it a five, um, f- closing. I don't know how Joe's crappy boxed wine was my boxed uh, wine please. <laughs> and get it right wow wow This <laughs> <It was> baller. <laughs> my uh my buddy movie sour ipa was was very good definitely enjoyed it um and i really i really love watching this movie again i this is great um yeah,
0: I, I i do too. And like i said i don't think I've ever i can't really last time i watched it from start to finish i always always i always i way too late into the film so like it was nice actually watching it from the beginning to the end so right
1: and um we're gonna be doing uh our next film is we're gonna be redoing 10 uh, Things I Hate About You." We're gonna be reviewing it. Hope to have uh, a guest co-host on that one. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I hope to. That'll complete our 25th anniversary trifecta here. Yes, and then and then we swear to God we'll shut up about 1995. <laughs> but we're because of the because of the um, the all the stuff going on, we're a little bit behind the eight ball and stuff. So but after that we have, we have some good movies planned ahead and uh, we're going to be hopefully turning out more than usual because of the situation that we're in. So as usual, follow us on Instagram suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back. Probably not we're, we hope to be back in a few days really. And then back again, a couple days after that or a few days after that. So thank you guys all for listening. Oh, on Instagram, we're worth the lead fee. Um, yeah. Follow us. And thank you guys so much for listening
0: what eric said we're on instagram we're on itunes and spotify oh
1: yeah yeah that too Um, yeah anywhere you listen to your podcast
0: yes those are new additions for sure thanks again for listening guys
1: all right thanks guys